Hi, this is Natalie Lander, voice of Kinsey, Tara Branford, Stargirl, and many others. You are listening to a W2Mnet podcast. You can visit W2Mnet.com for other podcasts about entertainment, video games, sports, and wrestling. You are listening to Video Games to the Max. Hello and welcome to another Best of the Decade Video Games to the Max style as we are now into 2012. Hopefully you listened to 2010, 2011, but if not, we'll explain how this works a little bit. I am your host, Sean Garmer, and here with me, Mr. Mark Morrison. Howdy. And joining us yet again, Randy as well. Well. Pause for dramatic effect. <laughs> and also here with us, Mr. Jens Dietrich. Greetings. I guess uh, Randy is indisposed at the moment. He'll, he'll be back at some point here. So, just in case uh, this is the first one you're listening to, this is what we did to figure out how we we get to uh, the best of 2012. We had the four of us that are here, Daniel Anderson and Angel Gonzalez, all vote, bring their top tens. We have put them all in a spreadsheet with the number one being ten points and number one, number ten being one point. And it all came down to getting a top 15 out of that. And that's what we're doing here. We're taking that top 15 that I'm going to give you in just a few seconds and willing that down to 10. And then we'll take those 10, seeing it as the best of that year and seeing how many of those will eventually be put into a top 100 of the decade that we'll do after we get done with all these yearly things. So without further ado, here is our top 15 for 2012 which my goodness it's so crazy that we have so many ties uh, that I'm about to have to go through here so our number one for right now the Telltale Walking Dead season one Journey is actually tied for first with at number two Persona 4 Golden is also tied for second with XCOM Enemy Unknown. Uh, then you get Far Cry 3 at number 5. Number 6 is Spec Ops The Line. Then number 7, is, for some reason, is Diablo 3, the vanilla version. Uh, Hotline Miami is number 8. FTL Faster Than Light is also tied for number 8. Uh, Borderlands 2 at 10. Xenoblade Chronicles 11. Uh, Sleeping Dogs is 12. Mass Effect 3 is at 13. Forza Horizon, the first one, is tied with uh, Mass Effect 3 for 13th. And then Halo 4, Azuro's Wrath, and Fez are all tied for 15th. Uh, and just after that is Binary Domain and Assassin's Creed 3 and Dust Elysian 2. So, uh, I'm not going to argue for any of those missing out ones at all. Binary Domain does not deserve to be lumped in with Assassin's Creed 3. <laughs> I don't yeah, even know why Assassin's Creed 3, Assassin's Creed 3 is, is here. Game. You're crazy. Binary Domain is an underrated masterpiece. It's well, a masterpiece, but I liked it. And I remember Assassin's Creed 3 being bad. Yes, actively uh, bad. I love this Thin Legion tale. Uh, I wish it had more love, but sadly. I haven't played it, but I've heard from people I trust that it's great. It's an underrated indie gem. Uh, so, I don't really care about breaking the 15th tie. There is, um, I think this, there's going to be a lot of discussion for this year. Well, if we get Randy back. I, I don't really care about most of these ties, to be honest. Well, the only, I feel the only we need thing more I would breaks. say is, like, I actually really like Forza Horizon 1. That's kind of about it, and it's like... Okay, I would say that Forza Horizon 1 also carries the 
the massive like help of the arcade genre of like racing games was pretty much like dead at this point. Forza Horizon comes along when almost everything is switching over to simulation because at this point you have Gran Turismo, which itself is kind of like after five, it starts you know getting less and less relevant. Then Forza itself is kind of like that one standard bearer, along with whatever's left of Gran Turismo. And even the Dirt series starts going simulation-based closely after this. So you have Forza Horizon comes along and goes, Oh my god, they took everything that makes Forza great and then made it into an arcade racer. So, you know, I think it does, you know, stand the, the... the stand, you know, if you look at it from an importance factor, it does carry that way. Not to mention being a really good game as well. I agree uh, that for all the games that are in the 11 through 17 of this list, I feel Forza is the one that probably deserves to move into the top 10 more than any of the others. I mean, I know Yen's violates it, and I like it to an extent. I was really for at this cool, but oh, yeah. the, the DLC is like the fucked up part of that game. Like, the, yeah. they didn't release like an actual, like, final version or like a complete version so it gets knocked off <laughs> yeah well i mean what's yeah what's fucked up is that it's basically the true ending right so not only what normally you would have to unlock by beating the game at a certain difficulty now you also right. have to purchase so that stinks um and but uh, the game is so wow it's just you know it captures the anime aesthetic and the you know, it has that like episodic structure of an anime. It always ends on a big cliffhanger. It looks amazing. The story is actually, uh, you know, very uh, emotional. I really love Asura's Wrath, and uh, I thought it played great too. I mean, I realized that it is like 80% quick time events, but the parts of it when it actually turns into a third person action game and puts you in a boss fight, I think are also pretty darn good. So. I really like it, but I also recognize that it's not going to make the top ten, so whatever. Yeah. So, I would cut, I mean, from the top list, I would cut Diablo 3. I can take a hike. Yeah, Diablo 3, Vanilla, I think whoever, let me... Terrible. Well, I think it, Randy was, he was arguing for it off the air that he was a big fan. or you know, like, I don't think it's that he's a big fan. He, you got to remember, Randy is not a fan of expansions being included in Game of the Year lists or whatever so his point was you know this is when Diablo 3 originally came out so we shouldn't be able to count it What later in 2014 when Reaper of Souls is obviously the better game and and it actually comes out on consoles but uh, yeah because cause Randy included it and Daniel I think was the one that gave it the higher number because I'm thinking he's not really thinking about I, I think Randy's back on Randy do you want to yeah, I mean, he's making my point for me. It's the way I look at it, and what he was saying on an earlier one is we're looking at how it was played now and not on, on shitty systems on PS3 and stuff. So, the way I always look at these kind of things is Diablo 3, yes, came out in 2012. They made it better in 2014. Reaper Souls is great. And that is the, the version that I played. But the way I look at it, it came out in 2012. And my argument to Mark as I was going to make before my computer crashed right as we were starting this podcast, uh, is he has No Man's Sky on his list in 2016. That yes, game that's cross, also crazy. Good. Also Which, crazy. I, I like No Man's Sky in 2016. I, actually, I haven't gone back to it since then. Well, I mean, it wasn't No, crazy. yeah, he did. He and Daniel both, I remember when we did the... Which I don't, I don't think we even made an article for it, but I remember when we did the 2016 Games of the Year... Both of them were arguing for it, and at that point, that's when No Man's Sky was not well-received at all for some of the other issues it had, and both of them were were vehemently arguing that they liked it. So, well, yeah, but I, nobody's, I told, sane, nobody's sane would have put Diablo 3 also, in the top 10. In also, there hasn't been like a No Man's Sky like expansion pack that you can buy in a store. Yeah, it's not in a store, but you can buy. Well, it's all free, right? The, the, yeah, all the exactly. updates they've there's done. No, like, yeah. There's no package. Well, there's no package. It's like No Man's Sky Complete or No Man's Sky Reaper of Space Edition. Like it's just No Man's Sky. Like when you buy up to 
spend two uh, two days downloading crap for it. It's still free. You don't have to pay for it. <laughs> so are yeah. we putting every compilation on here that that comes out and here's the game of the year edition for this game? No, no, but that's DLC not the game packs. of the year edition. The Diablo thing. 3, Reaper of Souls removes the auction house, which was one of the reasons why Diablo 3 was extremely malign, not to mention also improves it and adds story elements, which is what all expansions do. Whatever and adventure mode. Like, that's, that's, what DLC. that's what DLC does. So, Randy, are you arguing for cutting Persona 4 Golden? I, I was going to ask what the difference was. I don't play Persona, Persona 4 Golden. Persona 4 Golden adds in a character that completely changes the... It's the re- same thing with Persona 5R. It adds in a character, adds in different things, and the character completely changes the the game if you, you know, yeah. play as I mean, I guess, I guess I shouldn't have put Catherine full body on the on 2019 list either. Well, that's, that that's Randy. Kind of I was thing. fine with it because it's also being put on by other people. So it's not like, it's not like we're the only ones putting Persona 4 Golden or Diablo 3 Reaper Souls or everybody else is also doing that. So, you know, if people that have way more reasons to be more strict than we do are doing it. It's also okay on my end. So, uh, getting back to the point, Diablo 3 shouldn't have even been near the top 15, but it's there, so completely it should be axed. Uh, yeah, I mean, here's the other problem. I think a lot of <laughs> a lot of the stuff in the like below 10 is are you know you're talking about really good games too so you know i wouldn't mind if xenoblade chronicles moved into the top 10 honestly me too i love xenoblade chronicles there's a reason it's getting a remaster this year because it's freaking awesome uh we should put it on this year's list we should but what are we taking off well yeah i mean we could move it into into like number 10 for now at, while we figure out what we're going to do with the rest of it. Um, I know Mark made the case when Randy wasn't on for Frozen Horizon, which I agree with him on on that aspect. Sleeping Dogs is also very underrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's a good game. It has some like, weird, It has some like, very weird, specific story problems near the end, but like combat was always great, uh, and driving was like really fun in that game. You yeah, have like, yeah, Winston and I did that one for the Backlog Busting Project, and we both really enjoyed that game. Yeah. It's, right, how I about mean, this? it's like GTA China. We cut Diablo 3, we cut Borderlands 2, and we put Forza and Xenoplade um, kind of on the bottom two spots. Oh, nobody wants to offend Borderlands 2? Uh, it's fine. <laughs> it's less offensive than Borderlands 3. <laughs> that is true. It's but isn't game. it better than Borderlands 1? No. No. Nah, Borderlands 2 Game Edition that come out to a couple like, years later was better. Border, <laughs> Borderlands 2, it's, I mean, it has different environments, but they didn't really change any much of anything. Except for adding a really stupid golden key system that they keep hammering on people. <laughs> okay. Also, I thought, like, Handsome Jack was kind of a shitty character. I like I mean, Handsome Jack. I thought he was a piece of shit, but that's what he's supposed to be. He's a freaking villain. You're supposed to hate him. You'll like Borderlands 3 then quite a bit. Oh, well, no. <laughs> There's other reasons not to like Borderlands 3. I'm more annoyed by some characters. of the other characters in Borderlands 2. Like, I think they introduced Ellie in that game. And, uh... I, I, never had a problem. Well? I don't have a problem with Tiny Tina, but, uh... Definitely, uh, the writing in Borderlands 2 took a big nosedive, in my opinion. Yeah. Okay, so we started a conversation off the air that I think we need to have on the air because I've. If you look at Game of the Year lists for that year, aside from the ending, a lot of people would classify Mass Effect 3 still as a great game but just didn't like the ending or whatever. Why would you guys say you don't think it needs to be in the top 10? That ruined Mass Effect 2. How so? Because they completely discount all the Mass Effect 2, like all the characters. Like the entire point of Mass Effect 2 was getting this big 
grouped together, you know, crew and doing cool shit, and they're all sidelined in Mass Effect 3. Like, there are dudes that just stand around and do nothing for the entire point of the game. Except for, like, the very end when they, like, say, oh, you have this guy? He'll fight. He'll... He's in a cinematic defending the hospital. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> that... No. <laughs> there are a lot of unsatisfying things about the way that that game wraps up its storylines, uh, even before the controversial ending. And uh, also, I just think the they, like, tweaked the engine somewhat, and it ruined some of the custom... Like, my custom character that I imported from Borderlands 2... Uh, Borderlands 2, Mass Effect 2, suddenly looked uh, terrible. Uh, oh, and they got rid of the film grain. So that's another strike against well, That was in Mass Effect 2. They got rid of that. No, no, that Mass, Effect, Mass Effect 2 had it. You could turn it on. You could turn it on, but it wasn't on by default. Like, that's... I don't think I ever did that actually. Yeah, but they didn't. They they just straight up took it away for three, so that's that's a big strike for me because I like the film grain. (laughs) Well, there you go. We're arguing about film grain. Yeah. (laughs) Also, the ending is terrible. Let's face it. Well, okay. Uh, so why? For somebody didn't play, I've I've always like tried. Of course, the problem is that Mass Effect 1 is not... doesn't hold up well, and I've always tried to go back and play from the beginning, and... That's bad. I get get through halfway through Mass Effect 1, and I'm like, okay, I'm done. And I gotta move on to other stuff. You can't defend the Mako, okay? Yeah, I'm not defending the Mako, but I I recognize that Mass Effect 1 is the roughest of the Mass Effects, technically. Like, the shooting feels the worst. It's got an insane amount of Unreal Engine texture popping. Uh, and it's generally issues with loading in assets. But it's still the strongest and most self-contained story in the series. And it's a great introduction into the world. The world building is fantastic. Right. You know, the alien races, everything about the way it sets up the trilogy is just fantastic. And two is, you know, let's take what Mass Effect 1 did and turn it into like a, a Dirty Dozen kind of mission story where we can and really... And it also turned into more of an RPG, right? Because the first one was more of a shooter. No, 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 the first one was more of an RPG. Yeah, the first one was the RPG one because you had like an inventory. The second one didn't oh. have that at all, really. Oh, okay, okay. Like Mass Effect One to me is like it's basically like Alpha Protocol and how it plays. Like those two games are very similar uh, in you my are mind. Doing a disservice to, to Mass Effect One by com- that comparison. <laughs> no, but it's like that level of like shooter with a lot of RPG mechanics, like mm-hmm. leveling and gear and stuff layered on top, and then. Mass Effect right, but two, two had more of the story out. decisions and all that kind of stuff, right? And they all have, they, I mean, they all have that. But yeah, two definitely um, did a lot of focus on character building, a lot of focus on kind of doing support missions where where they flesh out, you know, like you get to know everybody's team and backstory, and you help them deal with their own personal quests. And uh, yeah, there are a lot of there are a lot of choices to be made. Um, it so was is just that, a really is that why the story is bad then for three because it doesn't take those into account or? That's, I mean, partially, yeah. I mean, like you said, it's like a dirty dozen thing, and in the second, in the third game, they just do nothing with the characters. Three is three just tries to wrap everything up very, very neatly uh, for most of its run, and then the ending takes that to an extent where you know people were angry because it it just simple like it, it just it feels like a and it just also it invalidates. It's almost like do you remember uh, everybody's seen Alien Three, right? You know how Alien Three at the beginning kills all the characters that were like important to save in in aliens okay. like that is that is a feeling that i got out of mass effect 3 where uh-huh. you know you spent you spend all this time defending the citadel and getting to know the people on the citadel and then it's all there's like a lot of stuff where it just feels like things you did in the previous games are all for naught and that really the ending just completely like hey all that world building all the stuff that you it, love gone it, it, it's like the Resident Evil film series. No, the previous movie doesn't matter to the current movie. It's not quite. I mean, well, it does continue come things. on. Just I don't like the way that it wraps stuff up. Really, uh, talk about uh, doing it a service. Using the Resident, Resident, Evil. Fil- Resident Evil film series for anything. I or like it to like Rise of Skywalker or uh, Game of Thrones season eight. Oh man, now we're getting into. So, so, so that territory. Okay, so, well, Mass Effect Three is not going to be on our top ten. I'm sure there will be plenty of people that will yes, 
probably argue with you there. Because of the things I'm saying, I apologize. Direct all angry uh, replies at my Twitter at Silence. Or just send them to Mark and he can Ignore. give you a smart ass <laughs> from Mark's. And, yeah. And <laughs> so, going from one shooter with RPG mechanics to another one that certainly has a story to tell. Spec Ops The Line. When I think of, like, I don't think I've ever played a shooter that wanted to tell me this fantastic story and I didn't care at all. I mean, it, it has some really good combat and the, the actually the enemies are pretty hard at times, but, like, I just wanted to keep going because the story was so damn good in that game. Did you ever see Apocalypse Now? Because if, yeah. if not, you're in for a surprise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it is yeah. just Heart of Darkness, but it's a really good version of Heart of Darkness. It actually, you know, the transplanting that to that setting works beautifully. And the and the the couple, even though they're very subtle, the moral choices that they build into that that slightly affect mm-hmm. how the ending goes down. I also really appreciate it. Um, it just, I mean, it's a perfectly it's some a of those moral choices are really terrible that you have to make. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a competent shooter with a great story. Um, it did a lot of things that shooters weren't doing at the time. So I definitely I, think it deserves to be on the list. I mean, I, I played it on PC, so this may be the reason. I just didn't like the shooting at all. <laughs> mm. And I played with a, con- like a controller. Like I didn't play with my keyboard. And I was just like, eh. I played it on Xbox 360, and it was fine. A great version of that game. Uh, yeah, I never had a problem with it. Uh, Randy, have you ever played Spec Ops? Yeah, absolutely. It was. I'm one of the people that had it up really high. I, I like that. I had no idea what this game was. Wes brought it over and says you have to play this, and I'm just like, oh, okay, whatever. It's another Call of Duty clone. This is no big deal. But like you guys said, the story is so good. The moral choices like really tug at you, and there's a couple of moments in that game where I just put the controller down. But I can't play this right now. Because like, it, it, it hits hard in, in some spots. It's it's really well put together and I think went under the radar because everyone just saw it as another Medal of Honor, another Call of Duty, another whatever at this point. So it's a great game. Yeah. And I mean, and also the the way they did the... They used Dubai. I mean, they, they could have just done it a bunch of sand and everything. I mean, and the sand looked great in that game. But they also took you to different parts of that si- that city and... You know, I think for the time, for what it was on, I mean, that's that's pretty cool, too. Yeah, and another great performance by Nolan North. <laughs> and Jake Busey. You can't forget him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that one, do you think it is fine where it is, or should it go higher than... I mean, some of these games are pretty great, so... Uh, it's tough to tell. 2012 is such a weird year, because it's... I mean, we just look at our list, and it's so story-driven compared to some of these other years mm-hmm. that it honestly it becomes what story do you like the most? I don't know. I feel like there are games on here that are extremely systemically driven, like you know, Faster and Light and Hotline Miami, which I think should be a lot higher because it just, man, I one of the most adrenaline-fueled things. Every encounder is more. Well, it started Devolver, right? Like Devolver yeah, became what it is because of Hotline Miami. That, that game, I, I mean, it holds up. It's still as amazing as it was back then. I think it'll always be amazing. And uh, it's kind of, it's like My Super Meat Boy in a way, where it's one of those where you just, you want to get the perfect run through, you know, a quick level. But, but like, each corner, you're like, if I don't get this exactly right, Oh, well, but I'm the dead. story too, right? Like, the, the twist. The story's interesting. Yeah. yeah but, it's well, not really why I'm there. I'm say great, but it's it's interesting. Yeah, Hotline yeah. Miami has a, a warm place in my heart because it's the game that that broke Wes on, when we were doing the backlog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I had to play that game, and he hated it so yeah. much. And he just threw the biggest fit, and just was like trying to get him to say a word on the podcast. It was it was hilarious. So, and yeah, was, and then it was like a joke we keep going back but, to later. Yeah, but well, the, it's also a great game. Back- the way you guys are talking about Hotline Miami, it's, it's just human never made a good sequel. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like it. It wasn't bad. It was just... No, it's it's bad. I, I thought it was fine. It wasn't that Viet- like... When you're playing as that Vietnam guy, and he's having flashbacks, you know, this is terrible. <laughs> <sighs> 
there are some things I enjoyed in it, but uh, I I just don't think that the levels were as good. It just didn't feel as tight. Right. No, uh, definitely. It it felt, it got, it it crossed over into feeling unfair. Yeah, they definitely took the, let's make it, the, the first one was hard, let's make it harder, arbitrarily, and, Yeah. It wasn't uh, even like super hard all the way through. It just had crazy spikes, you know. All right. I mean, yeah, you're saying Hotline Miami needs to be higher. Uh, you mentioned FTL, and I, I think also FTL is talk about a strategy game that you know still stands today is a, a fantastic game by itself. Um, it's another game that gets ported to everything. I mean, not only because of its graphics make it easy to port, but it's just, it's a fantastic game. That yeah, uh, I know people who are still playing it. Yeah. It's, play like practically nothing else. I don't, I'm not one that like turns on to every strategy game that gets put out, but like so many people talked about FTL that I was just like, oh, let me put this, let me try it out. And I was like, oh, damn, this is good. I mean, it gets freaking hard. Uh, just like you know, XCOM does. That's also on this list, but it's like, it's freaking great. Uh, and th- I'll say one thing. I think this <laughs> list might be. We didn't have to. We were arguing more about getting a couple games on the list for 2011. This is more about. Well, do we move something? Do we? <laughs> what do we do? Because there's so much uh, good here. Um, this is also the, the last year before the PS4 and Xbox One, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there you go. Well, maybe we'll get a 2020 repeat. No, no, 20, 2013 is because didn't it, 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 didn't they come out 2014? All right, yeah. Was yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Well, still you had a so, Mark. I know you're an XCOM. I would that, be, that should be number one. <laughs> no, journey walking, number one. Walking, walking Dead. Well, you can have that argument. But walking Dead should not be number one. <laughs> I agree with that. Had, that game had way too many tech, like technical fuck up problems. Okay, right. The engine was bad, but the story it tells is really good. I mean, great I, even. Parts, except except when you get to episode five, and it's like, oh, the guy that Clementine's talking to is just some dude you never met before. And it's like some total Deus Ex Machina. The thing with Walking Dead, as much as I liked it, to me it marks the beginning of the end for Telltale. For the Telltale games I loved, because, you know, I was a Telltale fan when they were doing Sam Max and Bone and Back to the Future and all that stuff. Monkey Island. And Jurassic, Jurassic Park. <laughs> well, Jurassic Park was the was kind of the, the when you saw like, oh no, you're going in a really bad direction here. Um, and they made that good, you know, all the stuff that didn't work in Jurassic Park worked in Walking Dead. They figured out how to make a good game out of those systems. But they abandoned, um, you know, other than, like, they made a couple of iOS games, uh, you know, Puzzle Agent and Hector, I guess, or maybe they just published uh, I wouldn't it. say it's the beginning of the end, because Wolf Among Us is just as good. Well, but it's, it's the beginning of, of the end for, for, like, them making real adventure it's, games. It's, yeah, it's the beginning, it's, like, the last of their, like, old traditional stuff yeah well yeah that okay fair enough there so so like if you like that but then it also became like so formulaic where they were just what ips can we shove into this formula which of course doesn't i mean it yeah some of them worked and some of them didn't and some of them they all obviously they got lazy too yeah you know it's just I, i think it the sometimes success ruins you and I think that's what happened with, with Telltale and Walking Dead a bit. Uh, well, obviously, became, you know, there was turned into like a workhorse thing well. where they're just cranking these things out on this formula. And I, I'm ver- I'm kind of bitter about it in retrospect. Though at the time, I really liked it, but I also don't think it's a good enough game to be number one. Like, I think it's a great story, and I think the the choices are good. You know, all that, all the choose your own adventure uh, stuff, and it's really good. I'll be careful. Is, you can't say I, that because people will come in and sue us. I'm joking, but, you know, they might. They're crazy about that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the choose-your-own-story thing is, uh, is, I mean, it's probably the, this and Wolf Among Us are probably the climax of when I think about Telltale and, like, obviously it helps a lot that Walking Dead 
the show was still you know, at its extremely at its height when this game came out and you know even though fringely had some of those characters involved that what had like two that were in the show and you know still the the like attachment between Clementine and I don't know why I can't remember the Lee Lee is fantastic all throughout and then you know when you get to that ending I cried because I was uh, very attached to you know to Lee and everything and like so uh, it hit for me uh, so yeah it's I, I know not for I mean this was the debate I remember 2012 very clearly um I was doing this for Fallen 1. I was doing the Game of the Year stuff. And it was a battle of whether... And everybody was having this debate, really, of can you say Walking Dead should be able to be called Game of the Year? Because is it a game, even? You know, it's a game. Uh, of course it's a game. Yeah. It, but it's not Game of the Year. I mean, I put Erica on my list uh, for 2019. Right, right, okay. But remember, back then, this is like, you know, people were saying, well... Sh- should these games count as games because you're not uh, you're just pressing buttons and this is like what, when people it, were saying that Dear Esther shouldn't be on Best of the Right or Firewatch you know, the whole like walking simulator backlash or yeah, backlash walking, against it, Gone Home and I, this whole thing of like is this a game or not I think is ridiculous. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. I, I, I agree with that's the argument. Yeah, I agree with both of them that it's a fantastic game. It's a great story. My issue with with some of these and and, and Walking Dead definitely falls in it too where they're like oh you have so many choices to make and here after the end of every episode we'll show you the, the five big ones that you have made and what your percentages were it, it in the end you have two choices and it's mm-hmm. always yeah. the same so it always funnels back to the same it's why it's true when I, you I, play it you realize yeah, that it doesn't get done, it's not very as varied as you think it was fantastic as it was and it's the reason why I kind of have soured on these games, like the Walking Dead games. Life is Strange was the one that completely soured me on all of these. Is because you have all these big things, and at the end, it's two choices. And no matter what you've done, it always just comes back to these two choices. So nothing else mattered to this whole rest of the game. And things mattered, of course, in The Walking Dead. But in the end, you still end up with the exact same two choices. And I... I can't even imagine how tough it is to make these kind of games with all of the choices throughout, but right. for them always to end up in the same spot, it, it's a little down. But I agree. It definitely deserves to be in the top ten, more probably in the middle portion of it, but mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I agree with them. I don't think it's one. Well, yeah, I mean, the game it's battling out with Journey is also one that it was an absolute marvel with every freaking gaming outlet that I ever saw back then. Uh, but then you would have the people that were like, oh, is this even a game? All you do is walk around. Well, what does it matter what other people crazy. say? You know, like, it's... Who cares? No, I'm just saying, I was like, that's the thing is, both of these games had that problem of, well, can you say this is... And, like, it's cool that Journey has gone beyond that, right? And, and keeps getting ported to things and, and like... I remember playing. I didn't play it back then. I played it later, so I didn't get to experience the whole multiplayer with the scarves and and all that. But like that two hours that I spent with it was like emotional. It would, like yeah. catches you as a it's story that it's trying to tell. If it hooks you, it, it hooks you really well, and I, that's what I appreciated about it. Yeah, that multiplayer layer and journey, how that worked. Um, it was. It's kind of like the 2012 equivalent of what. Death Stranding is doing with the multiplayer or something where it's just, we've never seen multiplayer work this way, and man it ties into the thematics of the game in just such a beautiful way Yeah, I mean for me that's, I think, what I had is my number one uh, Journey, so uh, or no, it might have been yeah, I might have had Walking Dead right below it, but I think definitely I mean, I know Mark said XCOM, which I'm not arguing that XCOM is not it's great. Uh, important. I mean, XCOM is great. 
you know, the thing with XCOM, I think, that I think about is that, yes, I know Fire Emblem was sort of around and doing, you know, permadeath and all that stuff, but, like, XCOM kind of brought the strategy game into, like, mainstream a little bit because Mm -hmm. XCOM came out and then it was in this sort of realistic setting... So I think it turned on more people than say a Fire Emblem would, where you you know you have the, the fantasy setting or whatever, and well X- XCOM wasn't popular because of Smash Brothers, so that helps. <laughs> well, well, yeah, okay, whatever. But I, I just it's more that I think XCOM as a series had fallen greatly out of favor. Right. Oh, yeah. The last couple of XCOM games, were, like Apocalypse, wasn't good. Uh, and this came know, to consoles, which helps a lot. Yeah, it, it just it just seemed like a risky thing of like, oh, they're making another XCOM. Like, can they really do justice to the original? Like, there's more bad XCOM games than good. Does anybody want an XCOM in 2012? So just the fact that they made it and they pulled it off, you know, it's not perfect. It's not. I don't think it's as good as the original Enemy Unknown or UFO Defense, depending on which region you're in. But uh, man, it's a great XCOM game, and I just I love that it revitalized the series. It's, just, it's, it's such a shame that XCOM 2 fucked it all up again. <laughs> well, well then also, like, you could name the characters, so, like, if you named them, you know, f- people that you knew when they died, it was like, that's oh, shit, I just lost my friend. Like, yeah, you know? That, that's what me and a buddy did. We both had our own XCOM games going, and then we just messaged each other. It's like, you screwed up that mission. <laughs> Your characters <laughs> messed everything up. Yeah. You let Jimmy die, damn it. So, uh, I mean, and the way, I mean, obviously, you know, you could save scum it, so that helped, but it was still, for its time, I think XCOM was Couldn't huge. could save scum it all that well, because it, it did all the calculations at the beginning, like all the dice rolls. Right. Yeah, X, so, well, Fire Emblem, Fire Emblem is that way also, which yes. I don't really like. So, like, unless you significantly switch up your tactics... Uh, you're always going to end up with the same results. All right. I mean, so we, I, I think the only games we haven't talked about is, uh, so Far Cry 3, Mark, tell it's me great. why Far Cry 3 is. I, I, I mean, I, st- I still think it's the be- probably the best Far Cry game, personally, because it had a great plot, good mechanic. I think Far Cry 4 might, might have a better gameplay mechanic, but the story's dumber. Uh, the only bad thing about Far Cry 3, personally, is how they fuck up Voss's character, like, halfway through. Yeah, they set up this great villain, and then they just dispose of him and bring in a lamer villain. They bring in the evil German, like, every, like all... <laughs> Sorry, Jens. Um, uh, I, don't yeah, like, like, I don't like the story very much, but from a gameplay standpoint, it did uh, pretty much everything right. Like, the stealth is great, the shooting was great. Uh, yeah. Taking over the bases was very addictive, more addictive actually than doing the story missions. Yeah. Weapons feel really good. I can't argue with it being, I mean, it's the template, right? It's what every Far Cry game has aspired to and failed to be since. Other than 4, I think 4 comes pretty close. Yeah, yeah four, 4 is like the closest. I think 4 has like some, just some like weird problems with like the story. Like the, the brother and sister pair are just like lame. <laughs> But other than that, like, I think Far Cry 3 is, like, the best one, kind of by far. Except for Blood Dragon, you guys. Uh, except for Far Cry 2. Except, uh, except uh, for New Dawn. But, guys, I don't know what you're talking about. Far Cry 4 was only, like, 20 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. I mean, well, I, was, I wasn't the only one that just sat there and listened to him and said, sure, I'll wait. Yeah, seems like a reasonable guy. Charming. Yeah, right? It seems like it makes sense. Yeah. And, and then the credits rolled and I turned it off. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> so, what makes Persona 4 Golden special compared to the other Persona, to Persona 4, the original? That's Mark? on you. I, I haven't played it. I, mean, I have it, but I haven't delved into it. <laughs> what? Persona 4 Golden, why does it I just got my Vita no, like last year. <laughs> I'm just shocked. Oh, that, oh, okay. So you got you got the Vita TV, right? So you're going to play it on a Well, both. I got, I got my Vita like two years ago, and then I got Golden, and that was about it. And I had a huge problem actually getting the game to run on my Vita. <laughs> I, I find it hard to compare because I didn't really play 
Persona 4 before playing Persona Golden. Like, from what so, I understand, it's a, it's a slightly different art style. Like, it's, like, a lot... Like, it's not... Well, it's pared down compared to the full... Like, the PS2 version. But mm-hmm. the network stuff is great. Same battle system, same story. Well, and, no, and Marie is also, adds a lot. Yeah. I know that the Golden so. Week stuff is new. I know that there is... Like, a lot of post-Akechi story stuff that they added. Right. Yeah, exactly. You can use, do stuff with Akechi, which... That also changed... Everyone wants to hang so. out with the creepy raper guy. Well... But it was I cool really... you could do his story, though. You know, you could understand that perspective more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, as I said, I don't know enough about how it differentiates... If we're just taking it as, like, does it differentiate itself over Persona 4, then I don't know. But I, I can only say that... As a standalone game, it's and it just it's great. It's the reason RPGs to own your Vita. Yeah, yeah it's still the best Vita game. <laughs> I mean, there there are some good Vita games. I mean, the Trails from the Sky I played on Vita. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh, sorry, Trails of Trails of Cold Steel. Uh, so there, there, there are great. There are other great RPGs. There are plenty of great RPGs on Vita, but um, yeah, Persona 4 Golden alone kind of justified a Vita. So, and that that was my favorite system. I think I kept, I just man. Well, I just you could play the Uncharted game on it too. You know. Ah, I didn't like the Vita Uncharted game. No one did. It was very gimmicky. I, did. I mean, other than the gimmicks, which were were definitely forced by Sony because it was a launch title game. But if you if you just look past the the force gimmicks, the story was fine. The gameplay on a handheld was good. Like I still think it's one of the, the lower Uncharted games for sure. But I just wish it would have came out like a year or two later, so it wasn't forced with like the the back the back touchpad and stuff. But yeah, I just think Persona Four is an amazing game, and this is the way to get it on a list of ours. <laughs> it was yeah. Uh, I definitely think you could look put it lower though it doesn't necessarily have to be at three that's true huh. I, I think it, it just depends on how you feel about you know what golden does to it which i de- i mean i i love mar marnie as a character so i would say Sorry. that i yeah i wouldn't i would drop it a little bit but all right so what yeah. are we putting at one journey, journey. Unless Mark is going to fight for XCOM that much. Well, XCOM can be too, but I just... Yeah. Walking Dead, no. <laughs> no I agree. I, I think put honestly, Walking Dead at like three or something. Honestly, I think XCOM, Spec Ops, Hotline Miami can all go above Walking Dead. I, I'm yes. not a Persona guy, so I don't know what you guys think that Persona should be above it too. I, I just... I don't play that series, so I have no idea. But those three, I think, should all be above Walking Dead. And I obviously like it a lot better, but I can understand the argument for having Walking Dead above Persona 4. But I agree that XCOM, Spec Ops, and Hotline Miami are all, like... Those are tops for me. Maybe even FTL. Like, FTL, I think, is significant enough that it could be in the top five. Yeah. Uh... I would, yeah, leave it. That's fine, I think, because still Walking Dead at least was new for its year. You know, like I think if so. if, if Walking Dead actually worked perfectly, then it would, I I mean I wouldn't have a problem if it would be number one. But the fact that like wipe my save on like, episode four, so I had to replay two and three again, it's like no, fuck you. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's that's super frustrating. I can and totally like, understand. The fact they never really fixed like those issues kept coming up over and over again with that series, and because they're using the same busted game engine over and over, and it's like you guys have maybe worked on this. Yeah, but they they but, couldn't work on the engine because they had to come out with nine different games every year. That's the thing. Yeah. Because yeah, no, it wasn't that. It was the guy that made the engine didn't want them to change the engine. Yeah, because it was the only, only thing he knew, so if they went into something else, he would have been screwed. Yeah, I mean, now it's funny because he's being forced to be one of the guys that's actually working on that new engine, which wow. is ironic in its own, you know, whatever. But back it's then, like, but he it, was one of the... Go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, no, I interrupted you, but as, as is my, my MO. Uh, but, uh, man, like, by the time that we got to, like, playing um, Game of Thrones Season 1... Oh, God. On PS4, and it was running like a bad like 
it looks and runs like a bad PS2 game on PS4. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? What no, is happening? The, the, the Batman games in particular were the egregious ones because those are supposed to be action-packed. Yeah, As you're doing action stuff. And, and what the fuck's going on? Like, you're missing QTE prompts because, like, it's just not registering your, you know, your actual movement of the, of the joystick. Yeah, you're doing action stuff, and it's it's exactly just mm. slow. It's like two, three, four seconds slow than it's supposed to be, and it's, you're having to it's do slow. levels over and over again. To uh, hey, but at least the Telltale games have the same graphic ability as that new Fast and the Furious game that they showed on the Game Awards. Oh, don't get yeah, I thought that was that. Wheelman too at first. Well, you couldn't know. be that lucky. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, man. I just feel Walking Dead ruined Telltale. That's. Well, I know what you mean, but like, there's still several of those that are actually good that come after it. Yeah, but I, I understand where he's coming from. They they, yeah. they definitely took on a more serious tone. I, I never really got into the Sam and Max stuff because I was I love a Sam and PC Max. guy. But yeah, and those I, are I really adventure the, games with puzzles. Yeah, yeah, and, but I like yeah, the, the we did the sell. Back to the Future. We did Back to the Future on on. Uh, the backlog busting project and, and Wes and I had a good time with it. It was it was very enjoyable and and goofy and had some puzzles to it. And so we I, I totally get what you're saying. It was yeah, it was already getting it was getting lighter at that point. They were like slowly scaling the puzzles down, yeah. working their way towards the the what, what became their formula. Anyway, I'm repeating myself. <sighs> I mean I'm a person that loves Zombie Chronicles, so I would obviously want it higher, but you know, I mean, Agreed. for... If you got on the list, you should be happy with that. Oh, no, it's, it's... I mean, for... it, The story is great. I love the characters. Shulk is underrated. I mean... Uh, I, I think... Uh, it, like, obviously it sets the template for the other two that come after it, but it's... Like, just... I love that world that you go into and then any moment you can run into anything literally and just it's I man and this is something that, like I didn't play it I played it on the 3DS later um, but it was the reason I bought my new 3DS and I love the crap out of it and uh, it's such a fantastic game and you know so I uh I don't know. I guess I'll I'm, I'll leave it there so we don't have to... And, and I know that you guys probably brought it up when my computer was taking a crap over itself, but I just wanted to give it a shout-out. I didn't even put it on my list. I know, Sean, you put it on yours, but that Dust Elysian Tale, it, it was a very surprisingly good game, and if nobody's played it, you should give that one a shot. But. Yeah, you could probably get it really I, cheap right now because it was... Yeah, we talked yeah. about it. Yeah. I played it. I really. I just like the map in that game. That's the biggest problem for me. I'm like this. It's like this weird, vague notion of a map. <laughs> yeah, I just remember going through it. I don't remember really paying attention to the <laughs> no, map. No, Metroidvania is like a grid. Yeah, it's literally based on grid paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Just, yeah. just didn't have that, and it's like this is weird. <laughs> They're still good. I just wanted to say. I, I figured you guys had talked about it before when I was. Waiting for my computer to restart itself. But. Okay, that's what was happening. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So literally, Sean went, "Okay, let's go," and I, I got a blue screen. It was, it was fantastically <laughs> good Well, I think that's gonna be the ten. Then, unless somebody wants to make a bigger case for sleeping dogs, but uh, I, I, it, it was, was good, it was good. But... I would love I, sleeping dogs on here, but. I don't see how it quite hangs. Yeah, I'm fine with Forza Horizon being 10. I, I mean, I never played it, but I know it, it's got a huge following, so I'm, I'm cool. Well, it's not just that. It's like, like I said it when we talked about it originally because Mark wanted it to be in the list, was thinking about the time when this game came out, there wasn't a lot of arcade racers, and then to take the sim-based racer and decide, oh, we're not only going to do that, we're now going to kick ass at the arcade racing um, yeah, and so now nobody I, else totally. seems to be the thing is what's funny is that nobody else always seems to be able to do it after 
Forza Horizon now comes out. Like, the crew sucks. So, like, what else is really out there? You know, Rockstar stopped making the Midnight Club game. So, like, what else is out there that's really competing with Forza Horizon? And this is the first one. Crash so, Team Racing. Breakfast. I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. Well, Breakfast is. But that's more of, like, burnout, isn't it? No, it's Arcade Racer. Oh, okay. There's no, like, yeah, there's no, like, turbo meter or anything. You're just racing on, like, lawnmowers and shit like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. All right, well, there you go. So our top ten for 2012, Journey, is our quote-unquote game of the year. XCOM, Enemy Unknown, right after it at number two. Spec Ops The Line at three. Hotline Miami, four. Walking Dead, Telltale's Walking Dead, season one at number five. Persona 4 Golden at six. Far Cry 3 at seven. FTL Faster Than Light. At 8, Xenoblade Chronicles at 9, and Forza Horizon at 10. So, that's 2012, and hopefully you stick around and keep listening. Uh, We will, I think the idea is to do 2013 and and some others on Friday or Saturday. Um, So, we'll have those for you uh, sometime over the weekend, and... You can go back and listen to 2010 and 2011 as well. And if you have uh, any complaints or, or you just want to praise our lists, you can hit us up on, on Twitter, at WTimSean for me, at Randy Isbell for Randy, at Aperture Silence for Jens, and at HumanityPlaying for Mark. And uh, if you like what you heard, we do a regular show. Uh should be out there along with these um, that Mark and I are going to be discussing our most anticipated games of 2020 and then you know you can hit subscribe so you can anytime we do a show it's there because we're going to be doing a lot in a quick uh, set of time here and uh, you can always uh, review on any platform that you like to listen to us on because we're pretty much out there on everything Spotify, iHeartRadio which apparently is like number one now is above iTunes, number one app for podcasting on iTunes, on Stitcher, on whatever. Uh, thank you to the on last one. On Blitz. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well so, uh, yeah, thank you to Last Word Online for having us on there as well. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next one.